Welcome to the Known Legacy Podcast, by Dads for Dads, coming at you from the Lone Star State Cigar Shop in Allen, Texas. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your host, Bill and Travis. Good morning! And if you weren't awake, you are now. This is uh, Travis and Bill from uh, Lone Star State Cigar. Howdy. And we are happy to be here. We are right, happy. Um, I feel like a song is in order. Christmas time is here. Da, 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 da. All the little boys. In- I don't know the words. I just know the tune. And I love it because it's cold outside. It's, it's like freezing. 60 degrees outside. It's freezing. Baby, it's cold outside. I have great empathy for all of my friends up in Minnesota because I'm sure they're just as cold as I am. Are they in Minnesota or are they in Minnesota? Minnesota. Minnesota. Around the bubbler. The bubbler. Yeah. With pop. Don't you know. Do they sure. say pop up there? They say pop. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Because in New York, we said soda and we didn't say Coke. Because pop sounded too magical to me. <laughs> like, pop sounded like it should be the most incredible thing. Like, like it was a Care Bear like thing? It's pop. Like, it's yeah. pop and like unicorns and rainbows. And Do you ever remember the uh, cartoon when we were growing up called Gummy Bears? Yeah, they were bouncing here and there and everywhere. And everywhere. I love that cartoon. I have no clue why pop made me think of that, but that's what me I thought. So we said pop all the time, and then we moved here, and it was Coke, and I, I asked for a pop, and literally the, the woman paused and was like, like that dog look, like. And so she goes, right, right. I'm like, it's just, it's just a drink. That's all I want. Exactly. So, um, really exciting with with fall. And if you guys have been listening, you know that we have been desperately, <sighs> desperately wanting um, some uh, donuts. And, and tell today, us what happened. Tell us what happened. Somebody mailed us donuts. <laughs> That's so exciting. I will say uh, thank you to my brother. Shout out to my brother Chris for his awesome willingness. So uh-huh. I guess I would say. How are they? Are they amazing? Oh. Oh. They're so good. I'm sorry. All you can hear on the radio right now is eating and chewing. That's gross. But I they're mean, not delicious. They're, they're amazing. They're, they're so good. They're like this cake donut that has a hint of apple, cinnamon, sugar on top. It's oh, amazing. A few of my favorite things. A little crystallization as you crunch down. Mm-hmm. And um, so these are great. These are amazing. These are like, they make me think of the fall. It's not even 60 degrees outside today. So it's like perfect. The hot cup of coffee, good cider. So we have the New York donuts. Mm-hmm. So we're still waiting on New Jersey, Massachusetts, <laughs> Vermont, Illinois, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan, Wisconsin, I'm sure has some Wisconsin. Donuts. And if Rhode Island actually makes them, no offense to Rhode Islanders, I just don't know if they have a orchard there. Do they even have a tree in Rhode Island? Because it's so small and densely populated. Is there like, an island in Rhode Island? I don't think so. Is there a road? <laughs> yes. Yes. Rhode Island is neither road nor an island. Discuss. All right. So. Um, Thank you for I, these donuts. They're amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. But at some point, we have to talk about our topic today. So we're diving into a few-week series. Yeah. We're going to call this one... Um, Difficult conversations that you need to have, mm-hmm. and uh, they're difficult for a reason. You don't want to. Not really. But they're essential, because um, if they don't learn this stuff from you, um, they will learn it from other places, and chances are those other places are not going to love them the way that you love them, and so the information will be tainted. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So this, it's, you know, I remember when I was first married, and my wife, uh, you know, well, I wasn't when I was first married. We first had our son, and he was like three months old or whatever and we're sitting around in this room 
me being a, you know a young married man. How old were you here? Oh gosh, it was like thirteen years ago. So I was like in my twenties. I was in my twenties. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you're still like completely hormonal. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Is and so, anyways, you're still just kind of on the high—the fact that you get to have sex with your wife. Exactly, like, it's still this, awesome. This is amazing. This is awesome. <laughs> and so we're sitting there in a room with a bunch of women, and you know, obviously, like the—I don't know why, obviously—but the conversation of breastfeeding came up. Oh, of course so. And there's like nine women, and me, and Bill, and I'm sitting there. Did you have a lot to share about your experiences with breastfeeding? This was probably the quietest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting around the room with a bunch of these women, and they're all talking about their their like their breastfeeding experiences and all this kind of stuff. And can I just say, for the record, so, um, you know, like our culture, because I remember this, our, our culture um, glorifies breastfeeding. Like, it's the most intimate time you can have with your child, and it does all this bonding, yeah, and it's fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah I get yeah. all that stuff. And, and so I foolishly thought, oh, this just... It works. Like, it just, it naturally works. Yeah. And it was the most difficult thing for my wife and all four of my kids for that first week. And it was like, I remember the emotional, like, just destruction my wife would go through when it wasn't working for one reason or another. Yeah. And she would, like, she would go from, like, um, I, you know, this is difficult it's not working, to I'm a horrible mother and why would I ever think about having a child because I can't even feed the child. And it was just like the needle went from like two of this is difficult to 22 of I should not even be alive. Yeah. And it was like crazy. Well, yeah, that, that was kind of the, and that's, uh, I'm glad you bring that up because that was kind of the feel of the, of the conversation. So it wasn't like completely sexual or and there was zero sex so other than everything that I'm processing in my brain. you know. And all of a sudden these women start talking about their boobs and the shape, and then they, they start touching their And boobs. how they change and everything else. Yeah, and I'm like, and so I guess I'm saying that because if it was five years or maybe ten years earlier, it would have it, it would have been a bad situation, like really, really bad for me as a younger man. But, but I guess the word that I took that out from was just, it was so awkward. <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't look at anybody in the eye for the next week. And then at the end, everyone's like, and they're, they're like hugging. Oh, nice to see you. I'm like, I can't touch any of you right <laughs> yeah. now. It's just weird. You know? And so I just remember it being the most awkward place that I was. So why didn't you leave the room? Like, why didn't you just get up and go, you know what? This is not a conversation for me. It's time for me to go. Because it was like a weird thing where I knew some of them, but I didn't know all of them. And so you're like, am I going to offend them because they're sharing their heart? <laughs> And you got stuck in like the female zone for some reason. Like you're like, I, like you come into like, here's diapers for the kid. And next thing you're like, how do I get out of here? <laughs> I don't know what to do with anything, you know. And so, but I remember it being so awkward. But then I realized as I fast forward 13 years that it was nowhere near as awkward as it was to talk to my son about sex. Oh. And that is where my awkward level went from. This is awkward to like, <laughs> why is it so awkward? Like, like I totally agree with you. In fact, we just did a, a, a great uh, cigar church here at Lone Star State Cigars, and it was talking about the importance of having the conversation with your kids. And universally around the table, everyone was talking about just how, well, I shouldn't say universally. There's one guy that was like, I've been talking about my kid, this with my kids forever, and they're dialed in. It's an ongoing conversation. It's um, great. It's great. In, in fact, it's the guy that's sitting right behind you. But that's anyways. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, it, it, it it's so awkward. I'm I'm trying to. Why is it so awkward? Like, wh well, okay. Let's start back here. What was your conversation with your dad when when it was time to have the talk? How old were you? Did you even have the talk? Like, what was that like for you? 
Bill. Uh, we actually Bill. we actually really didn't have a conversation. So that's the part that's so so interesting. Like we kind of, but we didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like it because we we both didn't know Jesus, okay. so it was not based on any kind of spiritual mindset. It was just here's what you do, here's what you don't do. Very quickly, I mean, probably in a matter of four minutes, did we have this conversation? No, no demise to him, but it's just. It's awkward. Right. And so we had no purpose. We had no, like, view of the future of that. So it was just, oh, let's, okay, let's move on. You know, kind of thing. It was as quick as possible. And, and I think, you know, but the more conversations we have with guys, the more I'm finding that the general majority of guys don't know how to have that conversation. So since I'm not an expert, let's, let's, let's talk more about how we should try to have, because we just, we want to bring this conversation up of the value of, of talking to our kids about this. Right. Right. You know, and, and again, again, like, I think part of the reason is we've, is our culture has sexualized everything. Everything. For example, I was in a room with women and we were talking about breastfeeding. And the first thing everyone thinks is sexual just because it's how our, right. our society has driven everything to be that way. So I think if we can, if we can begin to create a conversation, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about this today with these dads right. about how do we talk to our kids about it? Maybe they're older, maybe they're 16 and we're way beyond the curve of talking about this. When do you start talking no, 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 about no, no. this? See, I already disagree with you because I don't think you're ever beyond the curve. Like, correct. Like, correct. I don't think you're ever too far gone that you can't start having conversations with this. And it's yeah. not even just with our kids. I think a lot of us struggle to have conversations about sex and our sexual desires and sexual intimacy with our wives. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's one of those things that we engage in it, but we sure as heck ain't going to talk about it and we aren't going to process it and we aren't going to figure this out so that we're both extremely happy and content with this into our 50s, 60s, 70s yeah. and, you know, God willing, 80s. That might be another one of our uh, hard conversations we need to have about this. How to, how to have conversations with our wives. You know what? Maybe we should bring our wives into that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> they would love us to have this conversation with them. Because they're so excited about it. No, but, but so I think you're tagging on the first thing that I think makes it difficult for us. It was modeled horribly for us. But like my dad, something happened at church. We were, we were going to church and something happened at church. And I'm sure my mom had the conversation with dad on the way home. You better talk to Travis about this because it's, it's, it's time to have the conversation. So we went into the living room. My dad sat down in a chair that he never sits down in. He had me sit down next to him, which he never has me do. And we have this very awkward, scripted, almost like painful conversation. In fact, I do believe I blacked out because I don't remember anything he said. All I knew is I could see this tidal wave coming and I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. He's he's going to, you know, and then I blacked out and then I woke up and he patted me on the knee and says, okay, so you have any questions? And I was like, I know. He goes, okay, we're done. And that was it. Wow. And everything else I learned was from the Sears catalog and National Geographic. National Geographic. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that's, that's the, I think it's it's a societal thing because we had this society that was, quite frankly, a lot more respectful. You know, there was more trust in the world. There was more chivalry, sh- exactly. respect. There was, yeah. And over the last 20 years, 20, 25 years, it has become a completely sexualized society. I mean, when I broad term that, I'm saying like we have, we have found ourselves in a more sexualized society everywhere that you turn. I mean, I still remember we've talked about this before. I remember watching a tire commercial 
it was a tire commercial, and there's women almost half naked and water's running on them, and they're talking about those like tread tires that push the water away. So like I couldn't imagine that conversation like marketing team. Okay, guys, what do you have for us? Well, <laughs> these are supposed to show the grip of the ground. So you know what co- you know you know what show best? A naked woman mm-hmm. would show best for us to sell these tires. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so even a tire commercial talking about the safety on the road, and it's women dancing basically in like a shower, and you're like, what? So you can't escape it. No. So, so I know kids are are brought into it a lot earlier, right? Than right. than are normal. And in fact, there's even some. You know, I, I was doing some research on this because research is fun. Wow, look at you, Bill. And, and I even brought my computer today. I know. Look at that. You can see it in the. See this right here. It's pretty amazing. That's the that computer that he's using. So it says, you know, nationwide, thirty percent of teens report that their parents have never spoken to them about sex. Thirty percent. So thirty percent of our society is walking around. And I would say that of the seventy percent, if my numbers are correct, yep, um, that that have been talked spoken to about it it was a very awkward one-time only conversation and there's probably a very small percentage that have actually had ongoing conversations that are healthy beneficial correct and have like sex is good yeah like like we should be telling our kids sex is good but right time right place good yeah you know you 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 put it in the wrong place or the wrong time it can be really destructive really quick yeah yeah you know well that's it so you know i even i've I always think about Mr. Miyagi with that, but we'll get into that later. He's like, he's like, walk on right side of the road, safe. Walk on left side of the road, safe. Walk in the middle, squish like grape. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's like that's a terrible accent. But anyways, <laughs> rest in peace, Mr. Miyagi. But Is he, has he passed away? I think he has. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. Yeah, Pat something. Anyways, Mar- Mar- so it says, although 70% have, what makes this number concerning is that the recent data indicates 40% of high school students have had sexual intercourse and 10% have had sex with four or more people. Four or more. So 10% of our kids in our schools have had sex with four or more in high school. Wow. Like four different partners. So, um, you know, so it's for us to understand, it says that according to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, most recently released youth risk behavior survey which is conducted every year with high school students across the nation, 39.5% of high school students reported having had sexual intercourse, with the prevalence being higher among males, about 41% than females, nearly 38%. And 30% had sex in the three months prior to the study, so active in their sexual life. Question real quick. Yeah. Do they define sexual intercourse? Because here's the the aha moment I had with my brother-in-law when I was in college. Yeah. I had a very narrow definition of what sex and sexual intercourse was, and it was that whole idea of penis and vagina and penetration. Yeah. And, but I think oral, I think mutual masturbation, all of those things yeah. can, if we're honest, fall within there because you're still Correct. having the same emotional, you're having the same yeah. physical, the same mental, the same spiritual connection that's happening that God designed sex for. Yeah. And, and it's happening in there. So I'd be intrigued to see yeah, I'd be, that'd be if a it's a broad point. or a narrow definition there. No, that's true. That's true. But it says that um, uh, so that with 46% of those students, they don't, they don't use a condom. So oh, almost half of them aren't using any kind of protection during this. Dude, okay, time. Time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slam you on this one again, too. Condoms only protect you against one thing. Correct. That's and what I'm that's, saying. And that's pregnancy. Yeah. And, and we in our culture have got to get away from this whole idea that the big concern is pregnancy. That's not the big concern. No, no. The big concern is the number, the prevalent STDs that, or STIs, depending on where you are and where you're born, or VD if you're uh, over the age of 45, venereal disease. STD is a sexually transmitted disease, and STI is a sexually transmitted infection. The reality yeah. is, dude, I, you, 
like I know this stuff. No, I know you're, you're the doing great. The reality is that it doesn't protect you against that stuff. So yeah. here's the deal. Here's the situation. You have sex, and let's just say for the for the moment that you can go through the awkward moment of of getting the condom, opening the package, putting it on, you put it on correctly, and you make sure that she doesn't get pregnant. There's no guarantee that you are not giving her or you're receiving an STD. Correct. Now here's the challenge. Many of those STDs are asymptomatic, meaning you have it and you have no clue that you yeah. have it. Yeah. And it wrecks, like, pelvic inflammatory disease, PDI for, for young women. It's crazy right now because what mm. happens is they'll get, a, uh, they'll get a venereal disease. It'll ruin their fallopian tubes. And then they finally meet the guy of their dreams at 25, 26. They want to start having kids at 28, yeah. 29. And they realize they can't because of something that happened back when they were in high school. And, and their fallopian tubes have scarred shut. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. And, and, and you're just like, so, so our culture promotes... Well, if your kid's sexually active, the thing you need to worry about is pregnancy. So put them on birth control or make sure they use a condom. Correct. And they totally negate how STDs are wrecking havoc on our kids. In fact, gonorrhea, they call it uh, in the medical world, it's the canary in the coal mine. Because we have these amazing antibacterial um, you know, a- antibiotics, right? And the problem is that gonorrhea is a highly, um, I don't want to say mobile, um, it mutates very quickly. Yeah. And uh, they've been watching it for about a decade and a half to two decades because they realize sooner than later there will be a gonorrhea strain that our antiviruses and a- antibiotics will not be able to take care of. Wow. And they've hit. They've, they've, they've discovered it uh, like two years ago. Wow. And that now there's a gonorrhea that, you know, and, and so now you go in and what used to be, you know, uh, an antibiotic that you would take. Now you have to take a whole conglomerate of antibiotics, hoping that you can kill the strain of gonorrhea that now you've caught. Wow. Even if you were using a condom or even if you were on the pill, because it doesn't care. Well, that and I, I love that you're bringing this up because, uh, you know, it's funny. The next thing, genius, uh, the next thing said about half of the 20 million new sexually transmitted infections Reported each year were among young people between ages 15 and 24. Yeah. So, so what we're saying is, is the awkward conversation. Now, this is all the byproduct of, of sex, especially outside of God's design. When I, when, when I put it that way, uneducated kids making poor choices, not waiting for the one that they want to spend the rest of their lives with. And we just want to help parents have that conversation to go, this may be awkward now, but it's more detrimental to your children if we don't have this discussion inside a healthy conversation with their parents. So that's what we're trying to do today is how right. the, is like how do we do this? How do we have this conversation? So I think that's the discussion we want to bring up today. Right. So if, if you're not scared out of your wits and you've turned our, off the podcast, um, <laughs> we, we invite you to continue to engage. So um, again, at this uh, cigar church that we had where we had this conversation, one of the dads in the corner was just... Um, Normally he's jovial. He's always cracking co- jokes, and he was just quiet. Mm. And so uh, the leader at the time kind of asked him, he goes, well, what, what do you think? And he goes, I'm horrible. And Why do like, you say that? What do you mean? He goes, um, I gave my wife the responsibility of this, and I realized that my kids are 15 and 13, and I've never had this conversation with them, and I've completely failed them. And I'd wager to bet there's some guys listening right now that are in that same boat. That feel that same way. And so, awesome thing, all the guys around the table got up, laid hands on this guy, and prayed for him. Was it awkward? Absolutely. So cool. It was weird, but it was amazing. No, that's cool. And we just, like, dude, it's never too late. Yeah. It's never too late. Never. That night, he texts me, and he goes, dude, I'm about to have the conversation with my son, just to start it. And that was the key. 
like for him, he's like, I don't want to have one time off and we're done. I want to start the conversation about sex and sexuality and attractiveness and how to treat women and how to treat yourself and what are some of the things that are out there. And he goes, I am sick to my stomach. I'm sweating. My hands are like dripping with sweat, but I need to start the conversation. And an hour and a half later, he texts back. He goes, dude, thank you for the prayers. It was the best thing I could have done. And so I wanted to encourage the guys that are listening to this. I don't care. And, 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 you know, earlier and earlier, kids are getting exposed. And I think one of the tensions I have is I don't want to, sh- I don't want to, um, I don't want to have the conversation too soon because I fear that I'm taking away innocence yeah. from the kids. Um, and, and so I don't want to put things in their minds that maybe they're not ready for. Yeah. The challenge is it's already there. Correct. You know, I mean, we grew up in the time, Bill, when um, if we wanted to look at pornography, we had to find it under someone's bed. Oh, you had to search. We had to go for the bedroom, you know, like, or the guy's dad that had the Playboy mm-hmm. or the, you know, National Enquirer Africa edition would come out and you'd be yeah. like, yeah. Today it's pushed to our phones. Yeah. It's you can't pushed. almost escape it. You can't no. escape it. And so, you know, uh, I. I, I hesitate to throw out a year or an age, but I, I feel like we need to. And I think, um, you know, age 9, 10 is when you need to start having the conversation. Again, it's an ongoing conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you need to, to gauge what you share. Yeah. Um, and how you share it. But, but you got to start having that conversation with your, your kids earlier than later. Yeah. You know? And and, uh, and so I, I think, you know, I just want to encourage you, if, if you find yourself in a spot where you're like terrified of it, yeah, you are terrified of it. And guess what? We have a principle um, that we always talk about at, at our churches, call out the elephant that's in the room. If you like when you're doing worship and things don't go well, this is a little inside baseball. I apologize. And, and let's say a slide is broken or all of a sudden your computer crashed and you have to reset the whole computer. You, you can power through and pretend like it didn't happen, even though, you know, every single person in that room realized it happened. Or you can call out the elephant yeah. and say, hey, isn't it great that we have technology, but isn't it horrible that sometimes it crashes? It just breaks. Yeah. How awesome is it that sometimes we can get a reboot like we can in our lives? Correct. Even when we crash, we can get a reboot because of Jesus Christ. So you can call out the elephant in the room. So if you're going to have the conversation with your with your kids, call out the elephant in the room and say, hey, this is going to be awkward for you and it's going to be awkward for me, but it's important. In fact, it's too important to not have it. So yeah. I'd rather live in the awkward. Reminds me of a podcast we yes, did. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and have the conversation or start the conversation than to pretend like um, we'll just figure it out. Yeah. Or, or the idea of they will figure it out. Because I think a lot of times, and you, you brought up a very, very good point. So, so how do we start walking down this road? Because we're already kind of 20 minutes into this. But we want to ask the question, how do we start walking down this road? There is nothing wrong with you dads stopping right now after this and praying. Because that might sound so, so cliche. But, but the wisdom that we can receive from going, God... Give me the right words to say. Open these conversations. The Lord, you know, even, even confessing, God, you, you direct the hands of everybody. You know, you, you lead the heart of kings. So, so you can direct my, ch- my child's heart to ask questions. Right. And so, so we start by, by praying and leaving this at the feet of Jesus and going, God, I, maybe my child is, you know, is older. Or maybe he's eight or nine. And I'm like, wow, I got to have this conversation. You need to pray through that. What, is that, what does that look like? Because I know that in sixth grade, my son had, they, they had to talk at school. And so what we did for our point is we allowed him to have, have that conversation. And then even that, that night, I, and this is what I did, you know, sometimes there's, there's some weird, funny things that I realize, but you know, bars are set up, bars, 
yeah. are set up where the guys are sitting across the row and there, there's a mirror in front of them. So they're never actually looking at the guy, but they're looking at their reflection and they're standing right there. So for some reason, God reminded me of that as I was having this conversation with my son. We got in the car and we got ice cream. Okay. And we started driving. And we didn't look at each other, not not in a weird, awkward way, not like, we're, like we could, but we didn't have to, Right. to where I had to focus on the road and driving down the road. And we literally drove around the city for like an hour and a half right? and just talked and allowed. But what, what, what we did, because we, we laid it at the feet of Jesus, said, God, I, I need your wisdom in this. It was questions like, so what did you learn? And like, what, oh, and then kind of allow some of those questions to go, leaving open-ended questions. So it was prayer and it was planning, like. So what did you think about today? Like, what's one thing you, you think you learned today about this? Right. And let them talk. Because then we're not going, hey, did you learn about STDs today? You know, we, we, we didn't ask more than they knew. We, we, just, we just allowed the lid to stop at whatever they knew. Right. It's like you said, keeping the conversation open. We prayed about it. We asked questions about, okay, I have to have this conversation with my son. That allowed us to have a jumping point of, like, what do you think of this? Because I also believe that a lot of us go, well, man, the school's talking about it. They're educating. The problem is, if we don't have the same conversation with our with our kids, their friends are going to become quote unquote experts on everything with sex, and they're going to learn everything from them. Right. And so I think if we don't in, engage that with the conversation of, hey, what did you learn today? Do you have any questions about it? And we would just move the next step, and then, okay, what about that? So he would so almost like inviting the next question from them. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's the key. Like, like there are moments that you can come across. That you can, um, that I think are, are divine moments that God is saying, I'm laying the table for you to have the conversation, take it. Yeah. And, and we need to be bold enough to, to, to run after that. Um, and, and I think engage in them, don't talk to them. But, but what the school is great at is talking about the biology. Yeah, correct. Okay. The school is great correct. about talking about yeah. the biology. So you don't need to dive into the nitty gritties about the biology, right? No. Um, though not a bad idea because I guarantee they were freaked out and they missed half of what was shared. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think what we as dads have a chance to talk about is um, this is so much more than biology. Like like the gift, that's important, the gift of sex that God gives his people is that it is a unique experience shared between two people that truly is not just physical, even though our world wants to lie to us and say, oh, yeah, it's just yeah, a purely yeah. physical activity, you know, whatever. It is an emotional activity. It is a spiritual activity. It is a mental activity. It is a physical activity. It engages all of us yeah. in a way that nothing else does. And I think that's where we have a chance to, to, to speak into that. And I would warn, we can, we can bring into the conversation with our kids a, a fear of sex. And we don't want to set our kids up to fear sex because it yeah. is a gift. Yep. Like, like God knew from the creation of the world how hard life was going to be. Even before sin entered the world, he knew how hard it was going to be. And he knew how hard it was to have two sinful people who are very unique and individualistic yeah. to, to commit to each other, put a ring on each other's fingers in front of God and all of their friends, and then say, we're going to do this forever. Yeah. Like, that's hard. Yeah. Life gets hard. Yeah. Bills stack up. Things break down. It gets really hard. And so you can see God from the very beginning says, I'm going to give something special to this couple. Yeah. That makes that commitment that is going to separate that relationship from everyone else and is going to do what nothing else can do. Like p taking two pieces of tape and, and sticking it together, it, you can't unseparate it. Yeah. It was designed to bind people together in intimacy. Yes. Now, here's the deal. When our kids are like, like sex doesn't care if it's happening inside or outside of marriage. 
It does what it was designed by the creator to do. And so that's the concern. Like, like when you are, 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 are sleeping around in high school or when you're sleeping around in, in college, sex is doing what it's supposed to do. You are being bound together by, with these people yeah. emotionally, spiritually. And that's why we can lie to ourselves. It's like, oh, it was just sex. It was just a one-night hookup. It's just a friend with benefits. It was just Netflix and chill. But deep down, it affects us. Yeah. It affects how we view ourselves. Yeah, it affects yeah, yeah. how we view others. It affects our spirituality. And we're not even touching. Like, this is going to be part one of part two. I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because we, we, at some point, we're going to have to talk about, like, how do you process masturbation with your sons and daughters? Yeah. You know, and pornography with our sons and daughters. Yeah. Like, how, how do we do uh, uh, how, how do we process, particularly with our, our young daughters, what's your escape plan? Mm. Because even though you see how I treat... Um, you know, your mom and, and you want every guy to treat women like that. There's a lot of guys that don't, but they know the game and they know how to manipulate and you better have an escape plan. Like, like, like what's your escape plan when, when you get in the, uh, you find yourself in a situation where you're realizing they're not listening Yeah, and you've said no physically non-verbally and verbally, and they're not listening. What's your escape plan? Yeah. You know, um, what's your escape plan when all of a sudden you took a sip of a drink and you realize, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. That drink is more than just a drink. It, there's something else in it. You have about a minute to figure out what to do before it's gone. Yeah. What's your escape plan? We got to have those conversations with our girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, and this would be my one word of advice. And again, I hate the fact that we just set the table and we're not answering a lot of questions, but, but I think... If I could give one word of advice, it would be simply this. Um, preload the conversation. Have the conversation with yourself first. Yeah. Um, and so you're kind of ready and prepared for the conversation to come. Yeah. Right? For the conversation. So so maybe it's you sitting down with your wife and saying, okay, I, I need to talk to Jimmy or John or Michael or Katrina. Um, and we need to talk to them uh, about sex. Yeah. So what are some of the things that we want to cover? Come at it together. Come at it together. Talk through those things beforehand so that when you find yourself in that situation, you're not shocked Yeah. yeah. or you're not freaked out. Like a great example. Um, so uh, my kids are in Fortnite, you know, whatever. Um, and we're, I was up there watching them play Fortnite and they were on the, the home screen or whatever. And they're looking at the different characters you can buy with V-Bucks, which is an absolute scam. But anyways... And um, my youngest, who's nine, he looks at one of them and goes, ah, and that one, you can tell it's a girl. I was like, oh, how can you tell that one's a girl? He goes, well, you can just tell because there's purple. And he's like beating around the bush and everything yeah, else. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I was like, or is it because the, the cartoon has boobs? And he was like, oh, what? I was like, the cartoon has boobs. That's how you can tell it's a girl. Oh, Yeah. I get that's it, and and all of a sudden it gave him permission. That's why we had this little conversation yeah, about like, yeah, yeah. like you know, um, hey, they're there, but that doesn't give us a right to oogle or goggle or whatever or stare. And so it, it was it was taking that opportunity as it came to have the conversation, um, and it was something that I had already had in my mind about like I'm gonna have to talk to my my kids about you know, how to respect women, not just with our actions, but with our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. How to respect uh, women um, who are dressed modestly as well as women that are dressed provocatively. Yeah. You know, no, that this is all good. Cause I think you definitely opened the door for a lot, a lot of questions that we're going to have to do a part, part two on this thing. Um, but I would say if we, if we walk through it quick, 
to give some, some, some takeaways for today. Pray. Pray, pray that God would, would look for inlets before the conversation. So, right. so God, help me have, have conversations like that, like the Fortnite conversation. Okay, so it's funny you've said the word boobs before you walked into this sex thing. Um, allow, allow yourself to have a plan. Sit down with your wife or, or if you're single, if you're a single parent, sit down and have, have just a general game plan. This is what I'm looking for. The end result is this, but it may not be the first conversation. It could be the 12th conversation, but we want to start this. Uh, begin to have some open-ended questions. I'm not talking about hard stuff. What do you know so far? Like, hey, what do you learn? But you joke about it. You make the jokes about, oh, hey, the Fortnite girl has boobs, or hey, that whatever, you know, that, that, that joke talks about this, whatever. But having the plan, allowing for open-ended conversation, and let them talk. Like, yes. being a listener to their questions, because we, we all, I am an agenda-driven person with this. Like, I want to get through this. I want to be done. And so dads in their nervousness, I think, will run through this. But we need to let them talk, because the bigger thing is that they're known. Right. Is that their questions are known. Because you may be jumping ahead, just like you're saying, uh, in front of a conversation that needs to be had next year, that you need to just have this one right now. Because right. even though our presumption, you know, our presumption is, okay, they're nine and they're ready to have sex, they're like, no, I'm just mad that my, my Xbox, you know, Wi-Fi isn't, isn't good. But I did hear about this boob thing from my friend, and I heard the word vagina once. And right. so it's like, so we can have those kind of conversations, but allowing ourselves to be listeners. So dads, don't feel like you failed. Don't feel, you can still, as like you said, there's redemption in this. You can start fresh, but it starts with prayer. It starts with having a plan and beginning a conversation. Right. Part two is going to talk more about the directive of what we do right. with that kind of stuff. Well, welcome to Difficult Conversations brought to you by Bill and Travis and <laughs> Puberty. And if you have any questions or, you know, if you have a great way that you shared this with your kids, we would need your wisdom. So info at knownlegacy.org. Hit us up on there with, with, your, with your plan of attack, as it were, from, from, you know, from your kids when you had this conversation. Many of you guys might have already had this, and we need your wisdom. We, we want to share that on the podcast with what was powerful to you and how you walked through this. Absolutely. Hey, this is the first of a, at least two-part series. Yes. And uh, be bold, be courageous, step into the awkward, and trust that the Spirit would give you the words that you need. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.